1: Christian wanted to reteam. sorry, Edge wanted to re-team, Adam Copeland even wanted to re-team with Christian Cage. And Christian Cage responded with, go F yourself, San Diego. I am Luke Owen, DAD. i I'm joined by Tempest, and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast review of AEW Dynamite. Please do press the subscribe button if is your first time here, give us a little thumbs up for the old algorithm, leave a comment, why don't you, with your thoughts on this episode of Dynamite, Christian Cage and Adam Copeland's promo segment at the end. That chair shot. And if you're watching live, join in our live discussion chat. And if you want your statement read out on the air or you want your questions, for example, head on over to rest.com forward slash support. We'll read out all of them above the five US dollar amount. And while you're clicking links, there's a whole new book there that you can buy both US and UK, actually, around the world. It's available on Amazon, so all over the world, go buy this book. Uh, It's available on Kindle as well, and we're holding a competition to win a free signed copy. So send your email to support at wrestletalk.com with the subject heading, I want a free book, and you might win yourself a copy of this. We'll be picking out winners on next Raw, uh, next Tuesday's Raw episode. But with that said, with that out of the way, you and I were kind of talking about before we came on air that this was a
2: a totally fine episode of Dynamite. There was some stuff that was great. There was some stuff that was fine not a lot of stuff that was bad an enjoyable time this was yeah but boy am i excited to talk about the things i'm excited to talk about yeah the stuff that was real good was like real good and the stuff that was real fine was just real
1: fine mm-hmm. uh there was one thing that i really could have done without we'll, we'll get onto that when we get onto it the thing i think that surprised me the most that I just probably jump jump into our, our main talking point here is next week's dynamite mm-hmm. has got some like Big matches announced for it. I suppose, in a sense, you know, Hangman Page versus Jay White. feels like, well, that's actually quite a big-time matchup. Sure is. Strickland versus Danielson. Well, that feels like a pretty big-time matchup. But they also feel like matches you'd have just got on Dynamite regardless. Sort of. I thought when they were going with... with, The way that NXT have responded to Dynamite being on Tuesday by announcing Cody Rhodes, John Cena, Paul Heyman, Asker, you know, like basically doing... A, a main roster super show mm-hmm. plus NXT. I thought Dynamite TK would just come out swinging, but it's like TK looked at NXT's ratings patterns for the most like recent few weeks and was like, "Ah, eh, we're not gonna win anyway. So I'm just gonna do my episode of Dynamite with a few dream matches on it."
2: Yeah, it's it's those like good middle of the pack dream matches that I wish we could see more often. Like these are the type of matches where they just have superstar versus superstar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we got them on collision like a week ago when we got jay white and andrade where it's like yeah i want to be able to see matches like that two mat, two guys they're both stars i want to see those kind of matches on tv and now we're getting a few of them on the same show so happy birthday to me
1: yeah it's a good happy birthday episode for you i was just really surprised like the last time they went head-to-head with smackdown it was like we you know book Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki right you know? like, like it was like whoa okay like big brain Tony's coming out mad for today but it's is isn't this it? it's just like I, I feel that it's not gonna it was never gonna get a good rating anyway because it's moved mm-hmm. to a different day and that always affects ratings for tv like wrestling shows in particular Americans are weird like that I guess if it's not on Wednesday I don't know when it's on mm-hmm. um but this didn't feel like a i'm trying to win this ratings war this already felt like i don't think we're going to win this ratings war so if we lose at least we can have the defense of well we didn't put on like multiple dream matches we didn't announce omega danielson too we didn't book a carder for the show kind of in the same way that like when dynamite was beating nxt on wednesdays it was just like well you're only beating the developmental brand. You're only... De- yeah, you know, i sure we put down Finn Balor, but
2: it's only Finn Balor. It's not like we sent Cody Rhodes there. This would have been impressive considering Cody would have been on Dynamite at yeah. the time. Oh, yeah.
1: We didn't send Seth Rollins there.
2: I think they will be putting up a pretty decent fight with this show. I think Danielson and Swerve is a big match that I'm very much excited to see. I think Hangman and Jay White is also a very big combination, especially considering Jay White will be challenging for the championship of the next pay-per-view. I'm not – I mean, they've got Moxley going for his rematch of the title, a women's championship match. Like, they've loaded up this card – I agree. It's not like they pulled out Danielson Suzuki or anything like that for I, this for this show. But I still will commend them for putting on a hell of a card. It's, I mean, it's a hell of a card. I was fully
1: expecting Jay White versus MJF. Yeah. Like, I, when they had the segment and, and like Jay White was laying down a challenge, I was like, he's going to say next week, <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to put on a title match next week to try and like try and help the the, the NXT loss.
2: I am glad that they're not hot shooting their booking. Yeah, you me know. Too. It's not super reactionary, it just feels like this is going to be a big week. That's what I mean, yeah. And I, I I was just surprised
1: by it. I yeah. really thought that Tony Khan would go mad and just book a load of crazy nonsense, but no, he's just like, ah, this was the show I was going to do anyway. <laughs> Have at it. Yeah. But anyway, this episode, uh, the main event of it was Adam Copeland's Dynamite debut. He was at the top of the show as well, shaking hands with Omega and Jericho, uh, with renee paquette standing there as well big canadian energy uh from this segment from far and wide and then there was in the main event segment and it's basically what's come out and be like here's why i joined aew and the reason is well, there's a lot of dream matches i could have here that i've never had before i could have a match with kenny omega yay i could have a match with john moxley yay i could have a match with who else did he say juice robinson juice robinson's like yeah i okay. can't sure, yeah, sure. Why why not? Uh, but the other thing he really wants to do is he told, asked his kids, what do you think dad should do? And his eldest daughter said, you should go hang out and have fun with Uncle Jay, which is Christian, his real name. And he was like, all right, so Jay, Christian, come on out. Right, let's have a talk. Let, let's, have, let's do this. And so Christian comes out, and he says nothing in this whole segment, basically. He's just listening to his friend. And what I loved about the segment, the segment was awesome. The thing I loved the most about this is that Adam Copeland just laid out the next six months of story. Sure did. In a way that isn't just like, hey, by the way, guys, here's where the story going. It's just like, no, here's the story beats that you will need to remember because this is where we're going now. We are leading back to an Edge and Christian tag reunion with Christian turning face luchasaurus and nick wayne turning their backs on him and christian realizing the error of his ways and to stop being a dick and to stop beating up sting
2: or they could do a little swervy swerve and have edge turn and have both of them be bastards yeah and they can go against luchasaurus and nick wayne I well not as into that tag team (laughs) but here's my thing Mm -hmm. Uh, i'll let i'll let you finish off the recap of this segment because i have Plenty of thoughts, for obvious reasons. Love these two, oh mm-hmm. Oh so dearly. And I'm very excited, given where we ended up in this segment. Yes,
1: so you know, his, basically his plea was, like, look, we could be a team together. Let's end our careers. Let's end this run exactly how we started. As best friends, doing what we love doing. And think of the dream matches that we can have together against the Young Bucks, against FTR. We can do that as adam and christian i guess Mm -hmm. and christian he thinks about it he looks at the tnt championship he looks at his friend and he gives him a big old hug and he's in the microphone in that hug moment just goes go f yourself on tv uncensored and just walked out the ring walked up the ramp copeland didn't really know how to react to that he just sort of stared there blankly and christian got to the top of the round being like and just as a reminder here's who you're facing next week out comes luchasaurus looking as terrifying as it did with nick wayne being this little like little weasel that's next to them now And i've seen a clip afterwards uh after the show went off the air which is adam copeland giving both luchasaurus and nick wayne spears cool and i said to the uh pete on the um uh, the Wrestle Dream review. I was like, Nick Wayne, I hope that your job for the next few weeks and months is just to take spears from mm-hmm. Adam Copeland. That I hope you enjoy taking them, because <laughs> that's what your role is now. You need know, to
2: take them spears. So, I want to cast everyone's mind back to when I was a wee lad, and I was watching Backlash 2009, because at Backlash 2009, Christian wins the ECW Championship from Jack Swagger, and he goes backstage. And he's greeted with, you know, Tommy Dreamer and Finley and Evan Bourne and the folks that were on ECW at the time. And then he turns around and he comes face to face with Edge for the first time since returning to WWE a few months earlier. And I remember listening to reviews for this show. And there were a bunch of people who were like, I mean, I don't see how this is going to build to anything. But like, if you're really into Edge and Christian and whatever... Yeah, I bet you were really into this. And goddammit was I into it. These are my guys. I was happy as a clam watching that show at 12 years old, just like I was happy as a clam watching this show at nearly 27 years old. Seeing these two guys who I have just, like, I don't have a personal connection with, Because I don't know these guys, but I look at these two, and I'm like, these are two 11-year-olds from Toronto that loved wrestling and were best friends and made it happen. And now here they are, like 49 years old, still just, like, having fun. Mm -hmm. Best friends in a wrestling business, and they're two guys from my city that made it and are great and they go out there and they do this segment, and I was just smiling the whole time. I was getting goosebumps while Edge was talking about what you were going to do to Sting. Because we went to the barber shop when you were 11 years old, and you brought a Sting poster so they would cut your hair the same way so you could have a flat top and a rat tail. And I was Lex Luger with a mullet, and now you're trying to end his career. I had goosebumps watching this, because I'm not gonna lie, I've been watching, you know, Twitter and stuff, and there are people that think that Edge maybe isn't the greatest at the moment or whatever. I'm happy to see him prove those people wrong, but I don't care. That's a thing where if you're not as into this as I am, I do not blame you. I think it was great. I think it was an awesome, compelling piece of television. But this means so much... To me as a fan who didn't think I would ever get to see two of my favorite wrestlers wrestle ever again and retire way too early to see them both now having done their full hero's journey to get back in the ring in 2023, getting ready to have some awesome matches, tell some awesome stories, cut some awesome promos. This just, oh, it makes my heart feel so full. They were my first
1: hated tag team. Yeah. And when I first got into wrestling, they were the first tag team I hated. Because I was the Hardy Boys kid. Mm-hmm. So I hated these two dicks. I hated the fact they kept winning the goddamn belts.
2: <laughs> Win all those ladder matches and <laughs>
1: TLC matches. They kept winning the belts. I was like, just stop winning the belts off the Hardy Boys. And then the Hardy Boys beat them in a match where they weren't allowed to challenge for the tag titles anymore. And then what happened? Some some Power Rangers putty men come out called Conquistadors, and they beat the Hardy Boys, but they had like suspiciously long blonde hair coming out the back of their masks. And then the stupid Conquistadors lost to Edge and Christian, so Edge and Christian got the belts back. It's a great story, by the way. Mm-hmm. I hated Edge and Christian. But I, was, I, I hate them because they were their heels, and I wanted the Hardy Boys to win. So I've got a great fondness for edge and christian i have a great fondness for christian because i wanted him like when they split up and i got back into wrestling he was just like the mid-card guy and edge was all being pushed as like he's the next guy i was like that's cool Edge just being pushed the main guy but i feel bad for royal christian over here and then christian goes over to tna and proves that he can be a top guy over there and he became one of my guys i was like yeah christian shows you like WWE just didn't get it man they just didn't get christian boy was that ever true because that just rang through for his entire career and then he went back and they didn't reunite the team um and then edge obviously had to retire and i really loved the the story they had with christian winning the world heavyweight championship in place of edge more or less and like that was beautiful like wonderful awesome moments then years later i was interviewing uh, christian for a tv project that he was doing and I just reviewed Elimination Chamber 2013? I want to say maybe 2014. When did Edge retire? Edge retired in 2011. All right, it must have been 2010 then. 2010 and 2011. I can't remember which Elimination Chamber it was. But we watched Elimination Chamber. And they sort of like teased this idea that maybe like Edge and Christian might do something together.
2: It was probably 2011, yeah. leading into that mania.
1: That's it, yeah. And and Christian was like, yeah, you know, the plan was he was going to lose the world title and then we were going to have a tag run. And I remember that like, going to be like... Oh, man, I could have got an Edge and Christian tag run, but, the, you know, Edge had to retire, and that sucks. Then Edge came back, and that was really cool. And then we had that reunion in the 2020, 2022 Rumble? 2021. The 2021 Rumble. And I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Like, they're back together again. And Christian left shortly thereafter. Because they didn't to- <laughs> offer him a contract! Because they've never liked him. They're stupid. So WWE never liked Christian. We talked about in on this podcast many times before. They genuinely wanted to do a gimmick where he had a blue dot over his face because Vince thought he looks weird. That creepy little bastard moniker he was given was just how Vince thought Christian looked. So I was like, all right, do you know what? I'm never going to get my edge in Christian reunion. They broke up in 2001, and that was it. Like, they'll just never team again. So when they were on this segment here, and in the ring again, and they hugged, There was this whole feeling of like, oh, it's I'm going to get it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get that Edge and Christian reunion. It felt like a fun thing to fantasy book three, four months ago when Fightful Select first reported that Edge was likely going to go to AEW. But now it's a reality. And what I loved about this segment, as I highlighted earlier, it was plotting out. Here's what's going to happen like here's so you know is what's going to happen we're going to do this slow build christian face turn and we're going to reunite as a team and then we're going to go on a tag run probably win the tag belts and we'll just have a load of dream matches that you never thought you'd get to see like edge and christian versus the young bucks which i'm
2: i'm very excited for i cannot fathom how excited i'm gonna be when that match gets announced there are so many aspects to this that i could like i could do a whole podcast just on this one topic Because you've got the angle where I always thought during the early Doors years of AEW that they need a legacy team as part of the AEW tag division that can still go and everything. And I thought during those years before time, you know, did its thing, that that was going to be the Hardy Boys. You know, that mm-hmm. they would come in, they'd fit. And I think, honest, I like that Young Bucks double or nothing match more than pretty much anybody. You know, Jeff gets knocked loopy, but regardless. It's just not as good as the ROH match. No, and obviously it wasn't going to be. But I thought at that point we were going to get the Hardys being the respected, still good tag team that had the pedigree of mm-hmm. years and decades and everything. Now I'm looking at it and I'm like, no, it's going to be these guys. And I never thought that I would get an edge in Christian run in AEW. And just the thought of that gives me goosebumps. Like, I'm so into that idea. Seeing those matches where I know everybody involved is going to be super motivated and trying to have the best match of their career. Oh, I, I, I cannot put into words how into that I am. And the only other point I really want to make here. Is something that I've heard uh, dear old Dave Meltzer say about this uh, long ago, but a lot of people talk about how good people are on promos, how good they are in the ring, in matches and such. But he always said there's a third component to this and it's how someone handles angles. And How your facial expressions happen when things change and your timing when it comes to turning heel on someone or turning baby face on someone or whatever the case may be. And he's always said there may not be anyone better at that one particular aspect of wrestling than Edge Hmm. and seeing him both in the Wrestle Dream main event segment and here where you just get all the perfect storyline emotional beats at the exact right moments, whether it be hitting Nick Wayne with the chair or his eyes opening and, and like face dropping when Christian tells him to go F himself, he's just superb. And I will spend every single day that I am here on the AEW Dynamite podcast giving Edge his flowers because he's awesome. Hey, I will take nothing away from Edge. I'm on the record
1: several times over. Christian's always been my guy. I've always thought Christian was better than Edge. Even in 2001, I'd have told you, Christian's better than Edge. They just got bad stuff given to him. But there's no denying that Edge is darn good. I, I feel that, and Pete and I talked about this a little bit on the WrestleDream podcast, but his WWE run after the return, I think, did no favors to the legacy of Edge because he basically did a long feud with Randy Orton that featured one of the worst WrestleMania matches of all time. It was the pandemic, folks. We didn't know what to do. So they just had a 45-minute boring match. Then they had the greatest wrestling match of all time. And it's uh, quite good, honestly. It's quite good, but it's also got, like, you know, it's, it's like three different matches stapled together. It's, it's a, like Any match can be really good if you edit it together yes. to be good. Like, they re-taped spots so you can't do that that's cheating yeah that's that's sort of cheating so every time i'm like yeah it's a good match i have to remind myself like oh yeah but they also edited it to make sure it was a good match by redoing things Mm -hmm. and then like the seth feud was pretty good like had a good hell in a cell match in, in in saudi arabia um and some other good matches here and there but the judgment day group where it became spooky nonsense because edge had one creative direction for it which is basically what judgment day is now yeah and vince had no you're the new spooky goth team uh you're my new undertaker and you're gonna win matches by purple lights and all this and sort of nonsense and then he just feuded with judgment day for a year and he won every match bar one that finn balor won but really edge lost because he gave up finn balor didn't beat him edge beat himself And then he just beat them and 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 and didn't put anyone over in the process. And I feel like a lot of that has soured people on Edge's run, his second run in WWE. I'm hoping that this run here can give people the chance to give him those flowers. Mm -hmm. And they don't, the last thing won't be. Man, do you remember when he beat uh, Finn Balor at WrestleMania with the help of Russell Crowe and, you know, purple colored kendo sticks?
2: I don't disagree with everything. I want to give a little bit more credit to some of the stuff that he did do in WWE. Because, I mean, he had that really great WrestleMania main event triple threat match with Roman and Brian that... I think we'll kind of maybe get a little bit lost in the shuffle because it was still pandemic times, but he had a great main event match with Roman at that Money in the Bank show. I think his rivalry with Seth Rollins is one of the best things that Seth Rollins has done in WWE. Like, I really like that rivalry. And then, yeah, there was some stuff after that that I wasn't as big a fan of. I wouldn't have had him do two pay-per-view matches with The Miz personally. Oh, I forgot that. Right. I think they could have done a me- a much better job with Edge's retirement run, his second go-around in WWE, of having him go one-on-one with Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, all the various people that he didn't have a chance to face at that point instead of doing long, drawn-out feuds with people like AJ Styles and mm-hmm. Finn Balor and things. One-off match with Finn Balor, I'm all into it. One-off match with AJ Styles, it wasn't as good as I would have liked, but I'm into the concept yeah, of it, for on sure. On paper, a great idea. yeah. I think they could have done a lot more with that. And I think what they did instead did sour people. But I also saw him have an incredible match with Sheamus just two months ago. And I'm not going to let people say that this guy's washed when he's just a little bit old, but still charming in that him being the old baby face that is still going. And yeah, he gets tired, but he pulls it out in the end. I think that's an incredible character and an incredible last run for him to have, especially now in AEW with a whole new crop of talent that I hope he gets the chance to wrestle. I hope he gets every name that he listed and more. It's what you want out of this, right? Like, because he has been in WWE
1: for... his entire career like outside you know a, a short stint in wcw with early 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 doors well, and stuff like that but like, yeah
2: a couple enhancement matches that's what that's what, about that's it. what yeah. i mean
1: but there would be pedants would be like well, what about the time he did this yeah. he has spent his whole career in wwe so now he's got the opportunity to face a bunch of guys that would have never have got through the door in WWE because either WWE didn't want them or they didn't want to go to WWE. So now he has got like a whole group of people and that includes New Japan talent because of the working relationship he's told Sports Illustrated. I want to wrestle a card in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can now and I suppose that's, you know, because Edge is it's very open and honest. I've got to get used to calling him Adam Copeland. Adam it's Co- really strange. It's really strange. and it's like Danielson was a much easier st- switch because I used to call him Brian Danielson. The same with, like, Claudio Castagnoli. He's like, mm-hmm. well, I used to call him that, so it's quite easy to make the switch back to, to the previous version. But, like, I've never called him Adam Copeland. I've always just called him Edge. And um, Christian Cage is easy because it's just yeah. it's just a word on the end. Um, but anyway, uh what was the point I was making? Yeah, he's like, he wants to wrestle a card and stuff, and I think if you're looking at, like, you know, his, the honesty that he's given, was like, yeah, I did contemplate retirement, but then I was like, oh, do you know what? There's a lot of matches I could do here that I've never had the chance to do, and I could do this for another year or so, another couple of years, so yeah, Let's go. I'm just going to write down a bunch of names and I'm going to wrestle those names. And I'm going to yeah. have a great time doing it. Yeah, I think it says a lot about Edge that if I'm looking at a card with like Edge and Okada on it, the person I'm more concerned about is Okada to make sure it's like, can we make sure we get main event Okada here? Because I know we're going to get main event Edge. Mm-hmm. But I, want, I want my Okada in this. Not, I, ju- not just like, well, I, I'm four star
2: Okada today. Yeah. I foresee this run of Edge, he being, or Adam Copeland, I foresee him being incredibly motivated. Mm -hmm. Not that he wasn't previous, but like you go out there and you're going to wrestle Kenny Omega, probably in a main event match, hopefully in Canada. (laughs) He's going to go out there and try and have the best match of his career. And he might. And he might. And he very
1: well might do. But as for this segment overall, I loved it. I love Christians. Go F yourself. I love that. like, But as well, because they sort of set it up earlier in the show, Mm kind of tease you the idea of like how Big of a deal this is because MJF in his sort of like here are the things that I've done in the four years of Dynamite mentioned how he called Tony Khan an f in a mark on TV and it nearly got AEW thrown off the network
3: mm.
1: and it's like you know it's like it's like oh that's a fun little story but that there is actually done to let you know when he when Christian tells uh, Adam Koblen to go f himself that's a huge deal yep. that you don't say this on TV but Christian did oh. Loved it. Thought it was really, really great.
3: Hey, Dave. Yeah,
2: Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself.
1: And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
0: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom.
1: Uh, let's get into your uh, Omega Chats on this topic. Rust.com forward slash support. We'll read out all of them above the 5 US dollar. And perhaps surprisingly, I would say, we've only actually had one on this topic. Considering that, like, the uh, the video of his debut, it's got, like, over 4 million uh, views on, on YouTube. The segment from last night's had, like, over a million already. Mm-hmm. Like, it's easily by far the most watched thing. Uh, ticks have shown, like, his debut has shifted tickets for upcoming dynamite shows that he's advertised for so proving himself to be a draw we'll certainly see what the ratings are are like for for this segment i'm quite curious on that one but it hasn't translated into our viewership Mm. which i find interesting and the dango man here says i don't know if it's the nostalgia but i feel for those two but in my opinion this was the worst thing christian has ever said it nearly had me in tears he is truly a monster and i'm so here for it he's irredeemable until he finally gets redeemed i was gonna say until we do get to that redeemable moment i don't know what that redeemable moment will be but i think it's it. I, for me one of the things i found really interesting about this is that you know you've sort of been waiting for the moment was like okay well, when is christian gonna turn on luchasaurus because he's just using him and stuff but now it's just like oh like when is luchasaurus gonna turn baby face and mm. go against christian but now it's when's christian gonna turn baby face against luchasaurus i don't know i don't know know or like is it gonna be edge turns into a baddie and, and they become you know reeks of awesomeness edge and christian five second poses i can't wait for that heel edge promo against mjf i am also i also think that'll be great I'm also slightly worried that because we're probably not going to do this until you know next year, mid next year maybe. So I'm saying you know looking at all out maybe next year. But Tony Khan is for sure going to book Edge and Christian versus the Hardys, and yeah, sure on paper that seems like the sort of thing you should do. But the reality says you probably should have booked that match. Mm-hmm. It's like all these people be like, they should bring the Dudley boys in and do a TLC match. I'm like, did we all watch Impact 1? <laughs> I'm <like, laughs> no, we didn't. That's the problem, Luke. <laughs> we'll see what the Dudleys did, which was nothing. Like, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, Rooster Libre has been a member for 23 months in a row who said, that was the most awkward five second pose I've ever seen. No, oh, that's very well put. Uh, Kid Cuddy here says, The episode had some hits and misses, but it was a good 7.5 out of 10 show. Why are we throwing Hobbs into another group? After that Mirror match, I thought he was going to go on a singles run towards a championship, but stuff just seems to happen at random in AEW sometimes. I also don't rock with Dave star ratings because they lean one way and he often doesn't grade women's matches high. I saw that Stephen Larson started doing their own. Have you ever thought of doing it? Would love to see what matches you prefer. No, and I get like... I appreciate start, Dave wrote lots of star ratings because I use it as a joke in the Actually Good series and so I'm using it as science. Mm-hmm. But I know we talk about it in Talk Extra because I think yeah, he has seen the most wrestling out of anyone in, in the history of the world. And I think it's just an interesting thing to look at. It's an interesting topic to debate. Don't take them too seriously. But it's an interesting topic to, to talk about.
2: People's reactions to star ratings are the reason I never want to give star ratings. That was going to be my point.
1: I... Hate ratings. Even when I was a film critic, I hated having to give star ratings for things. Hated it with a passion. And the website that I was writing for, we tried to come up with a convoluted system of like, well, we're going to rate this as like, what is it? A, a film and as a movie experience. Mm-hmm. And that just made things worse. I hated PR companies messaging me being like, what star rating are you going to give this? Because we need to put some stuff on posters. Hated it. Because i feel that if you have a star rating people don't listen to the words that you're saying or read the words that you write they just look for the score at the end and which which ultimately is the and it's an arbitrary thing yep the words matter the words mean something but the score rating is just there at the end and that's what people focus on and look at last
2: week they gave you a hard time for saying that the show was a three out of five instead of a four out of five I know. you know what doesn't matter it doesn't matter like if you've watched uh the
1: the rest talk news you might notice that i tend to just give raw three out of fives every week Mm -hmm. and the two weeks i've done dynamite i've just given it three out of fives because i that gives me that gives me the less grief from people yeah that gives me the least amount of grief from people in my mentions so to answer your question, Kid No, I, I, I won't be doing a star rating system i appreciate anyone that does but it I, doesn't work for me brother yeah
2: uh as far as powerhouse hobbs in a yeah. in another group though i think like saying i thought he was going to go on a singles run towards a championship okay which one
1: well i was going to say like i don't think they i i don't think that match against Mira was like i said oh he's going to go for a title soon
2: yeah i mean he lost that match <laughs> <Was> that? and <laughs> Like, just in addition to that, he's not going to go for the TNT title anytime soon. That's tied up elsewhere. He's probably not going to go for the international championship, because that'll probably end up back on John Moxley, and John Moxley will have his own stuff to do. He's not going for the world title. What else is there? No, you put him with a, a group, a heel group, and yeah, we'll get to it, but I don't necessarily think, is it the perfect fit? We'll, we'll see, but... Putting powerhouse Hobbs with the the Don Callis family makes him the big bruising guy in a heel group with a great heel manager. And he's going to get to be in the ring with guys like Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: That's the point. It gives him a chance to be on TV every single week and where he doesn't have to be the focus of the segment. Yeah. Easy peasy.
1: This show opened with Jericho and Omega cutting a promo and I think this is kind of a nice little like uh it's the four-year anniversary, and this is a very Jericho thing, which I appreciate, which you know, like here's the history of this. On the very first episode of Dynamite, we were on opposite sides of the rings. Four years later, we're tagging together. Mm-hmm. I wish I wish I was more in a Jericho at this point, because yeah. I keep looking at these Kenny Omega matches and I'm like i every time kenny's on, show, on the show i write my nose like why aren't you the focus of this company
2: yeah why
1: aren't you the top guy i feel here? the
2: same way i think i looked at you and just went i can't believe i'm sitting through another jericho babyface run <laughs> the last one went so well uh and adam copeland walked up to to shake everyone's hands
1: and you know just say hello kenny omega said your debut had me on the edge of
2: my seat and the whole crowd went way he
3: said it
2: I like that that Adam Copeland said, uh, feels like we need some Molson's and maple syrup around these parts <laughs> with all this Canadiana. And I was like, amen. Also, my God, he's tall. Edge. Yeah. Mm. Adam Copeland. He's like 6'4", I think. And it's like, he he always just seemed like a good wrestler height in, in WWE. And then he goes to AEW. It's like, God, you tower over yeah, these well, folks. is the land of the giants.
1: Yeah. Nick Jackson took on Ray Phoenix for the international championship. Uh, Obviously, Phoenix going into this match not 100% uh, from his last two title defenses. I like this idea that the the international title almost puts a curse upon you of just like because you have to keep defending this belt that you run your body ragged. Happened with Cassidy, fortunately happened with Moxley with the injury and stuff, but they've now sort of added that as part of the lore of the belt. And Phoenix, like he's won this belt and now all of a sudden, like he's all effed up and stuff. Yeah. And then during this match, Nick uh, Jackson went to do like a PK kick and Phoenix Ducks so we booted the post and like had his shin busted up. So he was like working against that. And this match was just as good, if not slightly better, than the match that they had on Dynamite, like one of the all-time Dynamite classics. I don't think it was like, because that's one goes down in history, as like one of the greatest Dynamite
2: matches ever. This is Because not, there'd been like 15 matches to that point. Right, exactly,
1: yeah. But I, so I, I think this was almost like on a par with it, it's just the you know, over the course of the last four years, there've been, you know, incredible, like seven. So we had Omega versus Vikingo on Dynamite. Yeah, it's like, this year! <laughs> this year, no less. But yeah, this was really, really good. And Phoenix won with almost like a desperation high stack roll up. Yeah. Very, very cool.
2: I really like this match. This to me was exactly what I was hoping for. I think Moxley probably will win the championship back next week and they can kind of resume whatever they were planning to do. I don't think it's set in stone by any means. They could do a shock upset, but this is exactly what I was hoping Ray Phoenix would get a chance to do with a short title reign. Just have him have really fun opening matches for the title against guys like Nick Jackson, who he can beat. Because a lot of the time when you see someone who's maybe a little lower down on the card win one of these mid-card titles, it means that they don't get to face the upper level of Mm -hmm. talent on the show. So their title defenses are like, versus Tony Nese and guys like that, which, yeah, like, no disrespect to Tony Nese or anything, but uh maybe not as as exciting a challenger as other people but here getting to see like one of the young bucks face one of the lucha brothers in an awesome match with history is a really good use of tv time and they had a really really fun match also i don't think anybody sells the leg better than nick jackson
1: that was real good yeah Yeah.
2: he made me believe that he'd really messed up his
1: shin yeah fun match i really really enjoyed it absolutely Uh, and yeah like you said they announced that uh title tuesday next week and john moxley is making his return to the ring it's him versus phoenix for the international championship i like you think that moxley's probably going to win the belt back mm. and that's fine we can just resume what we were you know our original plan here that's to course correct too much they could swerve us you know did what they did with punk basically like we all thought punk was going to come back and just win the title and said moxley won it yeah and then punk won it and then Punk won <laughs> it. it's rocky three and then moxley won it again uh we got a recap of roderick strong and adam cole last week and then we got the first time around at the very least uh adam cole going to roderick strong's house two things i really loved about this number one it was very very funny and everyone in it was really great cole was great strong was great the kingdom are really really good but two the thing i loved the most about this is this was filmed exactly the same way that cole and mjf segments are filmed that's exactly it so it's done like it's the best friend stuff that we're all doing yeah we'll do but it's this time it's not it's them like almost hazing cole because he's not been like they don't think he's been a good enough friend to roderick strong and roderick Strong's like he's not being a good enough friend to me so roderick strong brings him over and was like look i bought you this nice scooter but also all my furniture's in the wrong place and i i can't move it so if you were my friend, you would help me move this. So Injured Cold is like moving things. But it's done to like, almost like a warped, dark-sided <laughs> version of the fun friendship theme. But still filmed in slow motion. And it's no, no longer joy on his face. It's pain on his face in slow motion. I mean, I wish people on TBS got it with audio. Um, mm-hmm. We got They showed it again a second time. We'll come on to that in a minute.
2: But I thought like, as a presentation, this was a really smart little bit of business. Absolutely. These guys are really Funny, Yeah. And I would not have said that Roderick Strong had like great comedic chops before this. You know, I've always loved his work and everything, but Kyle O'Reilly, yeah, he's funny. You know, I liked him as the funny comedy guy in Undisputed Era. Roderick Strong, he's a great wrestler and I enjoy seeing his matches, but this whole run he's been doing has just made me go like, there's so much more to you that no one's ever tapped into. Yep.
1: It's kind of like when, when he was in NXT and they did those vignettes about him coming into his, like, mm. his personal life. Yeah. I remember like, Alvarez and Vinny at the time reviewing that being like, there's no way you can tell this man heel anymore like, mm-hmm. because this is an incredible story. You just need to run with this story. But when they, when they did that, it was the first time. As somebody who's been like, watching Roderick Strong for like almost 20 years at that point, and I was like, huh, wow, that's a really interesting... I've never seen this side of Roderick Strong before. Maybe 15 years at that point. I was like, but I've never seen this side of Roderick Strong before. And it's again here like all these years later I'm finding new elements to to, to watching Roddy on TV it's brilliant and that's stuff. great yeah uh, so yeah there were technical issues with this on TBS this whole segment played without audio and so there was probably a lot of panicked calls behind the scenes and Tony Khan asked TBS for an overrun so that they could replay the segment. Which they did, TBS said, and I, I think I can't remember what it said now, I was like, yeah, it makes sense because TBS have made quite a lot of errors with Dynamite over the last couple of weeks. So we've got like, nice good make-do here. Mm-hmm. So they got the overrun. It meant, though, that our feed that we had on Fight, like, our feed played fine. I had the audio for this segment. Yep. Um. So when they played it twice, I was just like, All right, forward 10, forward 10, forward 10, because, like, I need to get through to the next bit. I've, I've literally watched this two minutes ago. But it also meant that we didn't get the same overrun. So... My broadcast ended just towards the end of the Adam Copeland Christian segment. Yep. He just was like, let's do it. Let's be a tag team. And the feed just ended. And I was like, is that how the the
2: show ended? We got a cliffhanger last week, but this is a real cliffhanger. They didn't even play the
1: logo. Yeah. Turns out it was just the the fight feed ended early because of the the overrun that we
2: had here. I mean, it is what it is. is Thankfully, I was able to go and, you know, just pop on another website and see the end of the show but a yeah. bit of a mess apparently the live fight feed included the overrun so it was
1: actually just the uh the 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 vod version yeah either way i didn't get to see it griff garrison was out for a match i'm just like where's brian pillman these days <laughs> oh, yeah, he's in NXT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were like and his opponent is this man and out comes the returning war daddy Wardlow comes out, and now he's mad. And he gave him a bunch of power bombs, and he left through the crowd. Didn't even celebrate.
2: Cool, cool. People were into it. Yeah. I thought they might be like kind of quiet and stuff, but like the crowd chanted, and and yeah. they were into it. It'll take a bit more rehabbing to get him back to anywhere near where he would need to be if he was going to have like a feud with MJF at some point or yeah. something like that. I don't think he's there, but I saw it and went, huh. Alright. Yeah. Neat. Alright, let's see where it goes. That's I the exact same reaction, which was,
1: eh. Alright. I, I I cooled off massively on Wardlow. Nothing against him. It was like I think his bad booking that he yeah. had. Like I don't think his twenty twenty two was good for him no considering how well the year started it fell apart real quick and a lot of that was because well he won the tnt championship then lost the tnt championships and then he won it then he just lost it and then he won it then he just lost it and it was like this this isn't helping him at all so when he like they was there he'd proper cooled off Remember how over he was leading into Double or Nothing?
2: I made a whole video saying that he was the perfect monster babyface.
1: Yeah. And it was just every, like, month since then, it was just chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, rescue rangers. And Kate Elizabeth and Denise Salcedo had a really good debate about this on Speak Now, which was, like, you know, they're making the point of, like, you could, you could still do Wardlow versus MJF. I just... And on paper, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I just, like not now i i think you're right you've got to do a hell of a lot of work to kind of get to yourself back to that point you've got to really heat up wardlow again and i think it's going to take way more than it did the first time round. and i don't know if him just doing five power bombs and the matches ending in him leaving is going to be like i don't think you could just do the same thing you did the first time around and just hope that the magic stri- you know the lightning strikes twice i agree uh, we had uh, Renee interviewing Kallis and Takeshita who gave us the sad news that Sammy Guevara can't wrestle tonight I was like oh no Oh, di- Kyle Fletcher's gotta replace him boo hoo I wrote in my notes what a massive upgrade for
2: this match <laughs> I was like yay Kyle Fletcher have Kyle Fletcher join the family this is a really good idea have just Aussie open in the Don Kalis family they're not in the United Empire currently because New Japan or whatever I mean I I know they are but they're disconnected from that so you can have them in this group that will osprey is also sort of in
1: yeah I've, i think it was really weird when i was watching wrestle dream because like you know will osprey just comes out as part of the don callis family but then Ozzy open come out they're still doing all the united empire hands. Yeah. i was like oh yeah will was leading that group wasn't he I wonder whatever happened what is that group i guess at this point
2: it's the great okan aaron hanare <laughs> and also uh, jeff cobb
1: yeah and um uh prince of pace mm-hmm. callum neiman yeah he's, he's part of the group now oh,
2: i don't think i knew that one yeah. yeah tjp and uh francisco akira are in there
1: that's it it's just like it's a group of lads, just a group of lads. <laughs> it's a group of lads i
2: want jeff cobb to do more
1: but anyway i was like yeah Carl Fletcher. that's a really good upgrade for this match it made me genuinely very excited for it well you know does that he's not joining the family everyone we'll get to nope. that in a minute So we then got the replay of the Cole and Strong segment, and then we got the Acclaims taking on Kip Sabian, Butcher and Blade. I think because of replaying the Cole and Strong segment, this match suffered because I'd say 90% of it
2: took place in the commercial break and the Acclaimed won. It was a match. Like, (laughs) yeah. I'm sure they got time cut, you know, because of this or something. I don't care about this. Like, I'll be honest, I've probably been about as low on the whole, like, Billy Gunn, House of Black thing as, you know, anybody has been, I just don't really care for Billy Gunn, personally, and I like the acclaimed as a team, but I mean, god, Max Caster's rap this week sucked, and then they just got in the ring and had a short match that was nothing, and then went on their way, like, They're the trio's champions, and man, do those belts just feel like they've fallen off a cliff. So much so, I forgot they were the trio's champions when
1: we did our WrestleTree predictions. I said, man, if Julia Hart wins the belt, House of Black's draped in gold. And you went, no, they won't. I was like, won't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I agree with you until we got the segment later. Yes. That, I think, is going to be my turning point back into loving the acclaimed again. But we'll get to that. We had our final part of Tony Storm's portrait of a star with RJ City, and it was in this moment that she realized that she's not old. She's timeless. She is timeless,
2: Tony Storm. I love this woman. She might be my favorite wrestler right now. <laughs> We'll
1: get to a match later, but yeah, a lot of good stuff to say about Tony Storm.
2: One of the big criticisms of AEW, and in particular with their women's division, is that they have not made any of the women's matches really feel like appointment programming. Like, you have to see this person. I'm really invested in seeing this person. It's just like, oh, that's a match. I like Hikaru She'll have a good match. But, like, I tune into this show, in part, to see the Tony Storm segment. Mm-hmm. because she's a, she is one of the major features of AEW right now.
1: It's how a lot of people feel about Julia Hart.
2: Yeah. Like her segments were drawing bigger ratings
1: than other people's because they were like, oh, Julia Hart's in the show. Now I've got to tune in. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think Tony Storm is also one of those She's people. Awesome! Brian Danielson had a little cry because he likes technical wrestling so much. Uh, and Zach Sabre Virginia, I, I'm being uh, facetious, of course. It was very nice to see him be so emotional about how much he loves pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> he basically was just like, "I got to have the match I've always wanted." and It was beautiful. And then Zach, Zach Sabre Virginia was like, "No, mate, no. You had to beat me with a strike. Like that's a scum move." Because that's not what we do. That's not what technical wrestlers do. So I love Nigel's call on Wrestle Dream when he wins with the knee plus. And so Nigel McGinnis is like, he had to use a strike. That means that Zack Saber Jr. is still the best technical wrestler. Yep. Because he didn't beat him with a technical move. Have a submission match next time. Well, yeah, I mean, that's basically what this was here to be. Was like, look, we're going to do this again. And it's probably going to be at Wrestle Dream. And you're probably going to get to wrestle in the Tokyo Dome as well. Wrestle part of Kingdom. Your- we're yeah, then we're gonna do it at wrestle Dream again <laughs> no, They'll do it at Wrestle Kingdom. It'll be in the Tokyo Dome. And that you know, you get to wrestle in the Tokyo Dome. It's part of your retirement tour, Dragon. God bless this man. We got a recap of Hangman and Strickland from wrestle Dream, with Hangman saying that he needs to go back to the drawing board. I think it's an interesting little wrinkle for him. And they also announced in this point here as well that Strickland is gonna be facing Danielson next week. And I thought. This mm-hmm. was a number one contenders match for the AEW world title. Because in my head, I thought, well, that makes sense. Swerve beat Hangman Page, a former world champion. Top at, contender. Top contender at the, at the pay-per-view. Danielson beat Zack Sabre Jr., one of the best in the world at the pay-per-view. And now they'll collide. And because they're now two top guys, they'll be fighting for the number one contendership to the top title. And I did, I said this in my edited review. I didn't go into that much detail on it, but I said they're going to fight for a number one contendership. And it wasn't until you were watching this show and you looked at me and was like, why is this a number one contendership for the TNT Championship? And I turned to you and I said, no, it's not. Until you pointed at the graphic where it says number one contendership for the TNT Championship. And I was like, huh.
2: Why is this a number one contendership for the TNT Championship? Not an earthly <laughs> sliver of a clue. No, Like i i get it that we're kind of only a month out from a pay-per-view and that match is booked and whatever it feels like we've got direction for a lot of things but this is very clearly a main event <laughs> world title level match yeah not for the tNT title granted the tnt title just main evented wrestle dream but still you catch my drift oh I, absolutely i think we're all we're all picking up what we're putting down.
1: So that was really weird. It's very strange. I, my hope is that, like, you know, I, I guess
2: probably Danielson will win. Like, I, I can't imagine they're going to do Swerve and Christian, heal well, and heal. Well, that's
1: what I figure, unless you're going to put the belt on Swerve,
2: which seems could. like the most likely of these scenarios. You, but, yeah, you, you could do. But, like,
1: I th- you know, you and I were talking about, like, this whole idea of Swerve goes into the, the full gear title eliminator and he wins that title eliminator and it's him versus MJF at Winter is Coming. I think that's a much stronger direction for Swerve coming off the back of the hangman win.
2: I completely agree.
1: But you know what? Him and Danielson are going to have an excellent match next week.
2: Yep. <laughs> that is what I am taking away from all of this that Swerve, one of my favorite wrestlers in the world right now, the guy I am all the way on the bandwagon for and have been for years and years, is going to face maybe the best wrestler in the world in Brian Danielson. And that is going to make my little heart sing. That was the other thing I said about in
1: the edited review on the Wardlow thing. Like in 2020 two when they first did the turn like it makes sense oh yeah wardlow should be the guy to dethrone mjf for the world title even when he won the world title it's like yeah you you know wardlow i feel like there's about seven guys that have leapfrogged wardlow in the Mm -hmm. they should dethrone mjf rankings um one of those men was part of our next segment here which is bullet club gold coming out for a promo to accuse max of being the guy who orchestrated the attack on jay white last week no one believes that it wasn't you just because you claim that your mask was stolen, we know it was you because you're a scumbag. Not just a scumbag, you're a douchebag. And they sort of made fun of him a little bit and, you know, called him names and stuff. And MJF comes out. And MJF is incredible. He can literally do anything. One of one. He got this crowd to do a dueling chant of Ass Boys and Talentless Taint.
2: I would say some of his weaker material, but my God, just conducting this that's symphony that's exactly him
1: I, 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 it's not his tofu thing last week while it is factually correct i thought the ass boys were right and they're like you had you know you're supposed to be this master of the mic and that's the best you could come up with but he makes it work mm-hmm. he can literally take average material and make
2: it feel like it is five star
1: michelin star restaurant quality
2: it is exactly what they say about pro wrestling in general more in the the sense of like shows and stuff but when you're hot anything works and when you're cold nothing works mjf is hot everything that he says on the mic gets eaten up by the audience he's such a good baby face right now
1: Didn't matter that it was three-on-one. He was like, no, we're going to have a street fight. We're going to have a fight. This is like Maxwell Jacob Freeman being like, I'm just going to have a match on TV, and it's a street fight. He takes Mm -hmm. a shot, and he runs down. But he's blindsided by Jay White. Hits him with the Blade Runner. Picks up the world tile. Looks like he's going to give it back to Max. was like, actually, nah. I'm just going to take this with me. So he walks up the ramp, and he cuts this great promo. I love this Jay White promo. I thought it was really, really great. Talking about how, like... No one buys you, Max. Like no one actually believes what you're saying. You are scum. You're a clown, and it's time that we had an elite champion in this company again. And that is Jay White. I am gonna put the elite
2: back into all elite wrestling. I thought it was awesome. This was a great promo. I am. So- it was funny because I looked at this whole segment and thought this is very by the books. Mm-hmm. But done at the highest level. Yeah. With absolute pros from top to bottom. MJF, an awesome world champion babyface who's going in there and willing to take on three guys who then back down from him. He gets jumped by his challenger who everyone thought was gone from the building and hurt and whatever. And then they cut a promo saying, I'm better than you and I'm going to beat you for this title as he lays in the ring selling. And that's to build the pay-per-view and announce the match. If you wrote that down, it would not be considered, oh, it's a revolutionary segment or whatever. But I'm just like, awesome. Yeah. When you do it with really good people, it
1: becomes really good television. Yep. And Max accepted the challenge. The challenge was laid down for full gear,
2: which is what we sort
1: of theorized it would be. Yep. I think that match is going to be great. Yeah.
2: I'm really, really looking forward to that. I'm really excited for it as well, because I think there is a possibility that Jay White beats him. Well, it's
1: Max is going to become the longest reigning champion by the time they get to full gear. Mm-hmm. And if he defeats Jay White, he will have been the first challenger to go like pay-per-view to pay-per-view calendar year uh, with the world title. I think Max is going to keep hold of it.
2: I think he very well might. And if I was a betting man, I'd probably do it. But now we have reached the point where it's just like, they eh, could put the belt on Jay White, and I don't think they'd catch any flack for it. It's the Junior Hart thing, right? Yeah. Like, they've heated him up
1: to the point where it's like, no, I think he might actually win this like with the julia hart chris satland match like yeah like satland's only just had the belt for a little while she hasn't really done a great deal with it yet it makes sense to keep it on her but they heat up julia hart to the point where was like i could see julia hart winning it's the same with jay mm-hmm. collision has done such wonders for jay white and bullet club gold that he's going into a match with mj it's going to a match rather with mjf and i'm like yeah no i probably could i'd see I, your point i could totally see them putting the belt on jay
2: makes for a very exciting main event yeah
1: Renee was backstage with Hook and Orange Cassidy, and Cassidy is still sad, because he doesn't have a belt, and he's just, you know, keeps reminding everyone that, well, Hook has a title. Building to that Hook versus Cassidy match for the FTW Championship, and, like, he's disappointed because Moxley's challenging for the International Championship next week, is he's like, well, you know, he only had it for, like, you know, 30 days, like, right? I had it for 11 months, but I didn't get a title shot.
2: But, you know, whatever. But whatever. But it was a real, like, salty whatever. Yeah. It's, it's you know he's
1: got to say whatever because it's the gimmick he doesn't
2: believe that whatever nope it was salty from all those Lay's <laughs> chips he was eating
1: we then got our tag match this segment from like entrances through to the very final angle half an hour of tv it just kept on going didn't this it? this was a lot of tv time dedicated to this and i'm all for that as yep, well not a way, bad thing because this match went through two commercial breaks and then they did the big angle at the end so like as on an anniversary show build around kenny omega and chris jericho like guys who were on the very first show thumbs up from me angle at the end we'll get to It was Jericho and Omega versus the Don Callis family. Not quite, though. Of Takeshita and Kyle Fletcher. Kyle Fletcher,
2: he's a screamy little dude. I had the exact (laughs) same thought watching this, and I'd never noticed it before this match. Yeah. He just yelled a lot. He's such a screechy little dude. It's one of my favorite things about Kyle Fletcher. He's just like, every move is,
1: it's it's awesome. Goes for a suplex, and he's just like, it's a screamy little dude. Can't do moves unless he's making noises. And I think that he raised this match up by at least a star. And <laughs> And an octave. <laughs> it was real good as well. This match was great. Built to two different Kenny Omega hot tags. And I loved it as well when this on the second hot tag, Scaliber was like to the fresh Kenny Omega. Well, it's not really fresh at this point, but the fresher Kenny Omega, because he wasn't worked over like Jericho was. And they the the finish saw they uh, code breaker into the one winged angel on fletcher for the win and don Callis threw down their heads they're going like the kid screwed me the whole gimmick is that kenny's not winning without don mm. and tekesha keeps beating kenny omega and the argument that Dan, don Callis is making here if sammy had been in the match they would have won because that's the actual don don Callis family mm-hmm. so i like that as justification for kenny and, and jericho getting the win here but I feel bad for poor Carl Fletcher because when he was in this match, I was like, "Good, Mark Davis is out injured, and that sucks." But give Fletcher something to do. And this would be a really good role for him to be in. Yeah,
2: I nope, agree. He's not in this group anymore. Yeah, it would have been cool. Like I think Don house would do well, like having a tag team in his employ, like a proper tried and true tag team, and that could have been Aussie Open. Doesn't appear to be, and it doesn't have to be either. But I saw that and went, "Ooh, that'd be cool." And didn't get it. Yeah, didn't get it. Um, so
1: let's get to the post match angle. Because although Carl Fletcher is not part of this family, according to Don Castle, the reason he did disappear from this segment powerhouse hobbs is because hobbs jumps in the ring he lays out jericho and omega launches omega into the crowd onto a pile of chairs traps him under a guardrail and like puts his head between the guardrail post and starts choking him out with it and stuff putting over on commentary that the young bucks have gone to the hospital to go see hangman page and you know because nick jackson got hurt and jericho tries to make the save but it's not enough they sort of keep shutting him down and stuff they duct tape omega to the ropes but omega's a really sweaty man at this point because he's just wrestled for 20 odd minutes so the duct tape don't stick and he keeps falling off so instead like you know they're just holding his hands doing best what they can and hobbs hands don Callis a chair and don Callis gives kenny omega an unprotected chair shot to the head just bonks him he pulled it ever so slightly but it was enough to give it a dent you they might have gimmicked the chair that's what i'd like to think but i but i i don't i don't care because we saw what happened with a gimmick chair with cody and spears i was gonna bring that up too and that was that was no good for anyone it is 2023 it is not 1999 it's not 2000 it's not even 2006 i don't think not even 2010 in tna when they did it in 2010 in tna People went ballistic about that. Can't believe that homicide gave Rob Terry that chair shot. What mm-hmm. were they thinking? Here we are in 2023. Unprotected chair shot to the head. I don't care that Kenny Omega, like it's not Ken Shamrock, it's not the hardest part of the head. That Ken that's the argument that was the argument that he's made. Don't don't do this. Yeah. And it's I not said,
2: worth it. It's not worth it. You can I, do a different angle. Spike him with the screwdriver. It's what you've been doing the whole time. You can gimmick that. I said this in my edited review and I stand by this. I am not mad.
1: I am disappointed. Yeah. I'm really, really disappointed that they did this.
2: I'm disappointed that they did this, but also disappointed that this is now the talking point of the segment and not Powerhouse Hobbs being the focus of this thing. and Whatever else. Mm -hmm. It's a a shame. And I would hope that, you know, those involved and those putting things together would know better i was
1: really surprised as well because i went onto your twitter machine and i thought man people are gonna go apes like quite rightly so apes spit over this and actually wasn't that much discourse around it yeah so i was really surprised about a lot of people talking about the adam copeland christian thing which i guess like overshadowed this but i do think that this this should have been a, a bigger talking point online that they should not have done this yeah even with a gimmick chair don't don't do this um but you're right, like, and I actually had to take this out of my review because I was running long on it. But I do think you're right, like, I think this has overshadowed all of the. It's overshadowed the match. No, yeah. I was talking about how good the match was. I was talking about how great Carl Fletcher was at doing your helping and stuff. Not something about Powerhouse Hobbs. No, it's this chair shot that shouldn't have happened. Disappointing. Renee, okay, so here's where I might. I think I might turn a corner on the acclaimed. Yes. So, and when I say turn a corner, do a big 180 back to where I was loving them again. Because Max well jacob Freeman. yeah you is, gotta be specific <laughs> is getting looked over by the trainer and interviewed by renee max castor of the acclaimed is also in the, ring. the acclaimed are there max castor has been doing some like social media stuff with with mjf you know sort of like you know some jokey haha hee hee nonsense
2: and he goes up and he kind of puts his hands on maxwell's shoulders he takes over massaging his shoulders from the trainer that was doing it yeah yeah and max
1: well freaks out about this and he starts having a go at max caster for stalking him he's like you're being really weird about this on twitter you're being really weird about this now stop stalking me stop trying to like touch me and stuff get out of here i don't want to see you and then with renee he's just like have you seen this guy and she's like he is a lot on he's, he's quite he's a bit much He's a bit extra on, on the old twitter machine but here is where this angle could get great because last week mjf learns a new life lesson and that new life lesson is you can have more than one friend mjf doesn't quite fully grasp the idea of it yet to him it's an alien concept he's only just got used to having one friend Mm -hmm. because at the end of this segment he goes to call his friend his only friend adam cole and adam cole doesn't answer because he's busy with the kingdom and roddy what if max is going to find a new friend not a new best friend mm-hmm. not a new like ultimate bro chacho friend but a new friend in max castor new friend in anthony bowens and daddy ass and what then happens when adam cole comes back to find that his bro chacho his best friend has got new friends and he becomes the jealous guy is that gonna push him further to the kingdom and strong and like this is what's going to lead to their separation it also means we can do max and the acclaimed versus bullet club gold in the lead up to the uh full gear match which sounds like a great collision main event yes this has got this can be
2: great this can be great for a lot of reasons this can be great because obviously anthony Bowens is fantastic max caster's a great talker i'm really into the idea of involving them in a main event program, because for the last several months, they've just kind of been floating around in this trios division that kind of doesn't exist anymore. But I think everything you just said is completely accurate, that there's so many fun ways they can play off of this when Adam Cole gets back and what they do with Roderick Strong and this and that. There's so many fun angles they can take that. But I think it is also important that they just get more bodies involved in this feud, because currently MJF is now by himself. And there's only so many different ways you can do things when your top guy is not surrounded by others, especially when he's in a feud against people that are in a faction. Mm-hmm. This is one of my things where AEW really had things going well with factions a couple of years ago when you had, you know, Inner Circle, Pinnacle, whatever. Is you have the different combinations of matches that you can then do you know you can have this and have mjfb on tv while anthony bones is facing juice robinson on a collision show or something like that Mm -hmm. just as a way to keep things even more fresh and it's a really good way to kind of supplement the absence of an adam cole by adding to the characters and providing fresh new matchups i really like this direction massively elevates the trios titles again mm-hmm. because you can now do the acclaimed
1: versus bullet club gold for the the trios titles at full gear as well
2: i and fully see juice in the guns holding those belts by the end of the year
1: yeah and like by aligning the trios champions with the world champion that just makes the trios titles just feel so much bigger yeah i think this has got like this can be great mm-hmm. speaking of great samoa joe cut this video promo oh my god he's the <laughs> coolest wrestler on I, Earth, this Samoa Joe is is magic in this way. You can beat Samoa Joe, and you can beat him and beat him and beat him and beat him and beat him. And, beat him and, beat him. and on paper, you're like, why would you keep beating Samoa Joe like this? Then he just shows up on TV, cuts one promo, and you're like, oh, he's the coolest guy. Like he's in the, the world title. You're the what? Like he's never been beaten in his life. Yep. He makes me believe that he is an unstoppable monster every time he's in programs, and he never wins them. But he's awesome at it. And it's this video promo was great
2: fantastic yeah it kind of makes me think that like maybe he's not going to be on tv like in the immediate future like he'll take a few weeks off or something like that but just seeing it's like oh i'm gonna miss him Mm -hmm. because i need more of this so cool and basically the last thing we get to talk about here is sky blue
1: versus timeless tony storm now the timeless gimmick is kind of like a controlled hot mess laurel van ness yes kind of thing um lipstick's a bit smeared she's sort of like not all there but i think she's just a bit more controlled than Mm -hmm. than, than laurel van ness was like laurel van ness was literally a hot mess and wrestled like she was a hot mess Mm -hmm. but like i think there is more control to timeless tony Storm. But she's got the cool entrance. It's all in black and white. She's doing all of her poses and this mm-hmm. and the other. During this match, when they were going to the picture-in-picture ad break, she jumped out of the ring and looked right in the camera said, and now a word from our sponsors. Brilliant. Brilliant. And then, and we heard this because we were on the fight feed, <laughs> <laughs> she, grabs, she grabs Sky Blue out on the barricade and she was like, I'm gonna give her a titty slap. And she did she slapped them titties and she just gave this job the crowd were well into this they loved it they laughed at one point in this match she grabbed a handful of ass Mm -hmm. and like kept saying to the referee how dare you when the referee wasn't counting three and then she got the win with the sweet cheek music and
2: the the storm zero it was awesome this match was great you left out the bit where she goes to give Sky Blue the chop, and she's like, it's time for a titty slap. She slaps, and then she goes, give me those titties, huh? <laughs> give me damn titties. And I, I could not believe what I was hearing. I mean, I could. It was all I saw on Twitter weeks back, which <laughs> said, chin up, tits out, watch for the shoe and such. One of the things that I find very important when it comes to a gimmick like this is how it gets integrated into matches because it was one of the things that, like, you know, people always said This will be the second time I brought up maximum male models this week on a podcast. Mm-hmm. But when maximum male models hit the the screen last summer. It was like, okay, this is a fun little thing, but how what are we doing here? Like what's the storyline? What's the Mm -hmm. the matches gonna look like? How does this add to the presentation other than just being a funny segment and an entrance or whatever? And we never really got that answer until, you know, later when they did the Otis stuff. This is a character that is both fun and perfectly, perfectly complementing Tony Storm's matches. Yeah. Every single thing that she does now takes less effort and gets a bigger response because of the character. Yeah. I think it is maybe the best character in AEW at the moment. She's got the high waisted, like trunks on and stuff to
1: give it that sort of like 50s Hollywood starlet style, like, you know, swimsuit era thing. It's just great. Yeah. It's great. And she's being so entertaining with it as well. And this is just going to get more and more over. And you and I said this when we were, like, you were watching the show earlier. I think mean, she's going to win this year as the world champion. I, if she doesn't, I don't know what we're doing. Because I would imagine Soraya beats Hikari Shida next week, and then you have Shida versus Soraya at full gear, and Storm wins the belt back.
2: Yeah. If, if this is not building to Tony Storm, the starlet, winning the title in California, in LA, what are we doing? What are we doing? There's no one even close to the level of Tony Storm in terms of a character in AEW right now. No, not even Julia Hart. Not who's even do, who's who, close. She's doing great work. Who's the only one? But she
1: is not on. She's not on the level with the Tony Storm Devil. And Julia Hart's also taking a bit of time off as well because she and Lee Johnson got uh, got hitched. They're mm-hmm. taking some time off for their honeymoon. So lovely, lovely. Congratulations to you guys. Hope you have a nice little honeymoon. Uh, I also just speaking of Julia Hart, Sky Blue. Bit mm-hmm. more gothy a little in bit. this match because she got misted by Julia Hart not that long ago. And they showed a recap of that on this show as well. And so her eye makeup was a little bit like droopier. A mm-hmm. bit like, you know, how like Tony Storm had a messed up lipstick. She had messed up eyeshadow and stuff. You know, not too dissimilar to Julia Hart's slow descent into House of Black Madness. I think we're going to be getting a sky blue goth heel turn and her and julia hart are going to be a little act together within the house of black could well be yeah i wouldn't be surprised whatsoever so yeah and that was the end they also announced at the end of the show jay white's going to take on hangman page and soakley hathaway cut a promo about eddie kingston
2: yeah good good show i thought this was a good show yeah,
1: a good building show mm-hmm. now, like this is we're on the road to Full Gear. So we are setting matches up for Full Gear. We are letting you know what the direction of Full Gear is. And also, here's what we're going to be doing with Adam Copeland for the next six months. So a good building episode.
2: Yes. And they did what I have asked them to do for the last few months now, that the first week after a pay-per-view, I know what the main event is for the next one. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I love that. I love that a lot. Mm-hmm. I just like having matches for the card set a month in advance that we can now build. And it doesn't feel like, well, I could get excited for this show, but I don't know if I'm going to see that match or a trios or whatever, some weird tag. I want to know what I'm going to see on the pay-per-view and I know what the main event is. Here we are like 5 weeks out. Yeah, we we know what our main event is. We likely know what our trios match is going to be. We likely know what our women's
1: title is going to be. Even I think the TNT title picture I think we're going to get a good idea of what it is because you've got the Christian and Adam Copeland stuff. Mm-hmm. So we are already building
2: out our full gear card well in advance. Great. Yeah. That's all I ask. Feels like a very strong run of shows we have currently. Yeah. And I'm very much into it and happy with it. Very much looking forward to it. Well, the poll is up at the moment.
1: You can let us know whether it's a thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs in the middle show. But before we get into the rest of your Omega chats, we need to give a special shout out to some of our $25 and above Patreon pledge, ha- pledge hammers over at wrestle.com forward slash wrestle talk. Apologies if I, I've been stumbling over my words a little bit today. This is my third of four 5 a.m. wake ups this week, and I am tired. I'm you so, deserve a break. I'm so exhausted. I get, I'm having a lion tomorrow before I've got to go up and have a call with Dave. Bro. <laughs> I'm having a lion tomorrow. I'm gonna have a bagel in the morning and a coffee. I'm gonna try and not get up before eight a.m. That's my plan for tomorrow, and I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. I got up at nine a.m. today. Then I've got another five a.m. wake up because fast lane to this weekend. <laughs> 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 stupid fast lane stupid fast lane lane. but yeah so apologies for that everyone but anyway we're going to shout out some of our 25 dollar and above patreon pledge hammers uh the poll is up for the next episode of wrestle talk extra Mm i'm just going to do a little um just uh, about to open up fight falls patreon page go and subscribe to fightful as well yeah best 51 dollars in the business because you can now get it on a yearly thing um so the poll is now up for wrestle talk extra for october 2023 there are five suggestions in there halloween havoc 97 halloween halloween havoc 2000 bragging rights 2009 battleground 2013 and bound for glory 2022 a wide range of, of topics there. Two WCW, yeah. two uh, Ruthless Aggression, PG Era, WWE, and Recent Impact. I wouldn't call 2013 Ruthless Aggression. Oh, that's PG Era. Yeah. That's, yeah ruthless Aggression slash PG Era. So. Yeah. And currently winning the poll, quite handsomely so, is Halloween Havoc 97, with almost 50% of the vote. Mysterio
2: and Guerrero. At that's the very a- least, you'll get a good match. There is a good match on there. The right. rest of the card... Perhaps not so much, but that is a good match to, to be had on there. Halloween Havoc 2000 for all you sickos out there that yeah, just want wh- us to suffer.
1: Where's my love for Halloween I, That's what I want to win. That show's dreadful. Yeah. Like, I want that show to win. That main event by Goldberg versus Chronic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the show
1: I want to review.
2: And there's no No Mercy 2008 with the Michael's Jericho ladder match. No, but there is Battleground 2013,
1: as suggested by the mayor of Painesville, Dan, who this is his seventh year of trying to get this to win the october poll and it
2: has 12 percent of the vote one of the worst pay-per-views <laughs> wwe has ever done but featuring one of dan's favorite matches because yep. he loves him some gold dust he does
1: love the rose brothers versus uh, the shield
2: Rightfully yeah. so, good match.
1: Good, it is a very good match, but man, seven years in the making, and it's still only getting 12% of that vote. Maybe next year. Maybe next year, Dan, I guess. But anyway, let's go shout out some of our $25 and above Patreon pledge hammers. Hannah A, baby! Yeah!
2: The $100 Man, C.D. Horver. Yeah! Double L, Liam Leonard. Yeah, Bean Gang. Have an argy-bargy, Margie pargy Yeah! The Mat Man, Matthew Allen. Yeah! Abominable, Michael Abbott. Yeah. I love that dude. Superkick, Nick Mosesco. Yeah. Ryan, Disco Stewart. Yeah. Thomas, the prize hooker, Solazano. Yeah. Where there's a will, there's a Will Campbell. Yeah. The machine gun. Can't the marks.
1: Sorry. Because <laughs> that's the joke, unfortunately. The machine gun, Alex
2: Anderson. Yeah. And the roller coaster Robert Acosta.
1: Yeah. yeah well done everyone thank you all so much for your support on patreon Go vote in the poll uh, try and get Halloween Havoc 2000 bummed up a little bit. <laughs> Maybe if you vote for 97 change your vote. I don't know how it works. Uh, let's get into the rest of your alpha chat on this episode. Power is 90 says Roderick Strong. Adam. Adam! Edge, Cole, and Hangman do the Spider-Man pointing meme.
2: No, it's the bit in Across the Spider-Verse where it's like, stop Spider-Man! They all go, him, 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 him!
1: I uh, mean, Pete decided that you can make a really fun Venn diagram of AEW because you can have Adam Cole ethan page and adam page is the guy in it's <laughs> <laughs> very good kuzu here says wwe always makes me feel uh wwe always made me feel sorry wwe always made edge feel like a bigger star than christian but now in aew do you feel like adam and christian are on the same level of
2: stardom or has christian surpassed him and now adam is the one to play catch up i think currently with how aew has presented christian especially as of late I think currently they are on equal footing. I would say so. I did not feel like in this segment, Adam Copeland showed up and was dwarfing Christian with his star power. I completely agree. Deminger, says "Uh, guys, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a fan
1: of Tony Storm's new gimmick. I get it. It's a reference to sunset Boulevard, but it doesn't translate well into the ring. In my opinion, the change just kind of came out of nowhere. Like Randall Keith does. i I think i've got to disagree with the last portion because we have been building to this for like seven weeks now
2: i think that might be low yeah we've been building to this since all in before that even like when she lost the title title, to hikaru shida which was in like july it's been ages yeah building to this change
1: been like three months yeah like we've been we've been doing this week by week for a
2: while now so i don't feel like it's fair to say that it's come out of nowhere yeah and I mean, if you don't like it, that's totally oh, yeah, fine. Absolutely, yeah. Like to each their own. But I think it's fantastic. James
1: Zimmerman says, "I'm sorry. Did I choose the old man yells at cloud edition today?" J.K. Look, I understand your complaints. I too feel retroactively guilty about enjoying them. But if it's gimmicked, what's the difference between Tom Cruise doing a stunt? Lot. Yeah, there's a lot there. Um, because Tom Cruise isn't being hit in their head hard with something. Um. Like yeah sure he's risking his life with some of the stunts that he does but he's not being hit hard in their head with something and causing potential brain damage like that is that's the difference james i yeah. i feel there's a big difference between tom cruise doing a big motorbike stunt off the side of a cliff which is incredibly dangerous and someone just twatting you in their
2: head as hard as they can with something mm-hmm yeah and if Tom Cruise was doing a fight sequence and gets twatted over the head with something, I will also say that's stupid. That is stupid. Don't be doing that. Yeah. Yorkmaster here says, as an anime
1: fan, I find it funny that Japan thinks English is so cool as I think Japan is. Breathe with a switchblade, lol. Sonata's song intro. Swerve versus Brian, who wins? Also, yes, Duke. It was my dad who decided that he had enough and buried Seth oh i think your master mentioned it was he sent the message being like uh dad's things and then like mm-hmm. i don't like this seth character and i was like is it your dad or are you talking about me <laughs> it was his dad <laughs> it was his dad uh yeah breathe with the switchblade yeah you know breathe with it yeah. No. 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 Brandon Brown has been a mem has become a member. In fact, says love you guys. Do you think the AEW title is getting stale? And who do you think is behind the MJF mask? Can't
2: wait to see Christian versus Edge in a ladder match. Don't need to see Edge <laughs> in a ladder match. He had his neck fixed once, twice actually. He doesn't need it a third time. And no, I don't think the title's getting stale. It's on I the think, hottest guy. Yeah, it's on the hottest guy in the business. Yeah. Maybe not the business, but you can make the, the argument. The at business least. of AEW at the very yeah. least, yeah. I think his matches are great. I'm into it, into the character, into the direction. I'm all the way into it. I'm into this with, with the, the JY stuff. I'm really into. Who do I think is behind the
1: MJF mask? It is It's either going to be, and we talked about this a lot on last week's episode, the obvious, it's Roddy and the Kingdom, possibly with the Kyle O'Reilly, because the numbers don't quite add up. Otherwise, mm-hmm. and Adam Cole's also involved. Or it is like a brand new group and we won't like i would i will laugh my tits off if it's mustafa ali and he's literally got retribution i was gonna say exactly that i will laugh my tits off mm-hmm. if it's ali with retribution and like you bring shane haste across <laughs> <laughs> i
2: mean he's not doing anything he's hanging Mar- out in tmdk Mercedes martinez is there yeah she was part of that group who else was there die jack Mar- Mar- marseille
1: was released yeah you could get him die jack you can't have any more uh, but you do can a have- trade you- out, and he's doing well in NXT he's doing well he's whipping trees and stuff yeah. but you have got Slapjack Mercedes Martinez and Marseille like you've got three of the original members of the group that you're just missing out on Mia Yim and Yeah. are they the only other ones yeah saying ryan v said uh, what's up lads great response from tony to put on some good matches for next week but i'm hoping for more than just a soraya match how about brit versus julia or chris all way- anyways reminding everyone tribalism sucks at the end of the day we're the real winners and we get two great shows indeed i get two great shows on my birthday
2: yeah and i'm super pumped for it so it's on
1: yesterday's news i was like this is nothing but and then obviously one was like you stoke the tribalism fires which i which i don't feel that we do um by giving our opinions on shows yeah um or covering the news about those shows but i, I said it in the episode yesterday i was like this is nothing but great for everyone because mm-hmm. like we get a kick-ass nxt next week cody roses and john Cena are on nxt next week madness on nxt you know man, if like someone come up to you in 20 uh, 2015 and said oh yeah there's gonna be an episode with john Cena on it you'd be Like, no That's- i don't want him near my perfect <laughs> black and gold <laughs> yeah but he's going to be on the show next week. Asker's returning to NXT next week. The undefeated NXT Empress returns to NXT next week. That's great. And I'm getting Hangman versus Jay White. I'm getting Swerve versus Danielson. I'm a rich man right now. Mm-hmm. This is great. Michaela Traub says, well, I appreciate the added storylines, but it's still just the bare minimum for the women. I love what Tony is doing and the added substance of Sky. I love our division, just not always the treatment. They did a fantastic job with what little
2: time they got. I mean, yeah, I don't know exactly what Saray is doing with the title. Just holding it. I don't know why. But, um yeah, England.
1: Sold me. Yeah. yeah. Uh very not a robot said I couldn't attend live also I'm gonna say McKenna trap that was pretty much an evergreen ultra chat. We could have that in every single dynamite uh ultra chat documents. Unfortunately. Uh, very not a robot says i couldn't attend live since i live in los angeles but the show was in my hometown half a mile from my parents house my dad walked to the venue and he (laughs) had a great seat since he bought it weeks before wrestle dream a jealous son jam that father hashtag dad that dad (laughs) dad that dad Uh, and Chloe here says hey aew are you going to montreal in december uh, they're doing Collision on Tuesday and Dynamite on Wednesday. I have tickets for both. I'm pretty excited. Oh, sorry, AWR going. I'm pretty excited. My son and I uh, loved the last shows we went to. Weird that they're doing Collision on a Tuesday though.
2: Well, hockey night in Canada can't do a wrestling show on a Saturday. No one will go to it. No, they're all watching the hockey. Yeah, I guarantee you that's the reason. <laughs> Uh, well, that is all of our
1: uh, Ultra Chats, Alpha Chats, uh, mega Chats for today. Let's end this poll overwhelmingly positive. This is way more positive than I was expecting with this episode. 82% thumbs up, 13% thumbs in the middle. That's way higher than I thought it was going to be. Good episode. It is a good episode, but I, I really thought this was, you know, like we said at the top of the hour, like the top of the show. All the good stuff was really good, but there was a lot of just like fine stuff in mm-hmm. here. I thought this was going to get more mid than it did thumbs up. So you surprised me, Chad. Thank you very much. Um, And you and I get to do one more Dynamite together. We're going to be covering next uh, Wednesday. Well, next Tuesday's episode. We'll be reviewing it on Wednesday. But Oli Davis will be returning to the Dynamite review shortly because Mm -hmm. he's back from his holiday on Monday. Back to work on Tuesday, but we're not giving him any videos to make. So we can just acclimatize back in and probably answer emails. That's probably what he'll be doing for the first four days he's back in the office. I think four is shouting it low yeah he's going to be answering emails doing meetings chatting with us catching up And then he can get back into watching and uh, reviewing shows again. Yeah. We're excited to have him back. Thank you all so much for watching. Thank you all so much for joining in the conversation as well. Uh, We'll be back on Saturday because not you, but Pete will be joining Sat Eeny to review SmackDown. Pete returns to SmackDown everyone. And then on Sunday, myself and Laurie Blake will be reviewing WWE Fastlane. You can go check out our predictions for that show yesterday uh, here on the channel. So thank you all so much for watching. We'll see you then. I've been Luco D A D. That has been Tempest. Jam that
2: jam. Oh Canada. Jam that
3: jam.